Welcome to the Fantasy Football Show. Now, unlike uh, some other organizations, we do allow copious amounts of drinking here. The show to tune to for fantasy football knowledge. So if any of you took Doug Martin early, there are flasks over there on the table. It's the Fantasy Football Show with Jeff Meller. Dear Lord, please help homeless friends understand that make-believe computer football is no excuse for using the internet to be mean. This is the Fantasy Football Show on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000, ESPN Chicago app, and 100.3 HD2. Week three of the NFL slate is upon us, folks, and this is the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Jeff Meller. And if you're new to the show, thanks for listening. Here every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m., taking your phone calls with your fantasy football dilemmas at 312-332-3776. You can also hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Jeff underscore Meller. That's M-E-L-L-E-R. And I give you uh, all my best ideas about how you should approach your fantasy football matchup this week, hopefully getting you that W. It's time to get things underway. On the Fantasy Football Show, Jeff Miller gets it going with First and Ten. All right. First and foremost, the most important thing I think we are all going to agree, it occurred on Thursday before the week even, at least the fantasy week, really got underway with Christian McCaffrey's hamstring injury. How are we playing that out? Not much to do, right? The Panthers are not going to give us a whole lot of information. Chuba Hubbard, you're probably already aware, is going to, all likelihood, be the most sought-after fantasy asset on your waiver wire. And if you're playing in a fab league where you have a free agent acquisition budget, that's uh, hard to say when you actually have to say it out loud. But um, if your fab dollars, if you have a lot remaining, if you didn't break the bank on Elijah Mitchell, and you are a Christian McCaffrey owner... Chuba Hubbard is going to be a must this week as your waiver wire transactions approach. So you're probably going to have to empty the coffers for him in all likelihood because he's, again, we're not really going to know Christian McCaffrey's the length. Hamstrings are always tricky. Even if he returns, it could be problematic. And we all know in fantasy football that the running backs who garner a majority of the touches are hard to come by. Based on what happened with McCaffrey's injury last year and the way Mike Davis performed, Chuba Hubbard is in line to see a significant increase in his workload. And just by the sheer volume should be an RB2. And if he can do anything with it, he'll be an RB1. So clearly that is the first and most important thing on fantasy football owners' minds. Now to the action today. Delvin Cook not expected to play. We do not like that, Kurt. Um, Kirk Cousins, of course, the quarterback for the Vikings. We'll have more on his plate today as Delvin Cook is out, or at least not expected to play, according to Adam Schefter. So that's a blow to all the Cook owners out there. Alexander Madison, the man who will step in. Hopefully you already have him on your roster. I would imagine in any competitive league, he's already rostered. So Alexander Madison, if you're one of those Rogue Madison owners who did not have Cook, congratulations to you because today is your day to shine. Alexander Madison, for the most part, I would say a must start in any league where you've got a flex option because there's no way I cannot get him in 
We've seen him in a few instances when he's filling in for Cook get the, you know, the requisite 18 to 20 touches that Cook generally sees. So Alexander Madison, even though I think we thought that he would be a little bit better than he was out on the field, he's still an adequate replacement. And again, as we play fantasy football, we know it's all about the volume here. So Delvin Cook not expected to play per Adam Schefter. Another running back not expected to play today, Daryl Henderson for the Los Angeles Rams as they host Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And Tom Brady, if you haven't heard, has never played in L.A. So Daryl Henderson will not be in the lineup, according to Schefter, for the Rams, which means that Sony Michelle should see an increased workload. Now, it's been odd because since they traded for him, they've been bringing him in slowly. A lot of talk about him adjusting to the playbook, getting up to speed. So Sony Michelle, don't love the option, but if you're desperate and you need somebody, he could be someone you may look at as a potential play. Maybe you're a cook owner who doesn't have Madison. You can maybe plug in Michelle, but I don't love the option, obviously, because the Bucks run defense is one of the most, or it has been over the last year or so, one of the most difficult run defenses to go up against to the point where we saw the Cowboys completely abandon the run in that opener where they just went to the pass. So, uh, you know, don't expect a whole lot of running at least effectively from the Rams today. But if you are absolutely desperate and don't have options, maybe you could consider somebody like Sony Michelle, who's in for Daryl, who looks like he'll see uh, the lion's share of carries for the Rams today. All right, moving onward, not so much injury-related. Ezekiel Elliott is a problem right now for Cowboys, for Ezekiel Elliott owners. The Cowboys are obviously leaning heavily on this man. He's going to hand it off. It's powered, and he's across for the Dallas touchdown. And rightfully so. He looks more explosive. He's doing more with the touches that he gets. Tony Pollard versus Ezekiel Elliott. It looks like we are in almost a full-blown timeshare. I think you have to ask the question, if Ezekiel Elliott did not have the monster contract that he had, would Tony Pollard already have usurped him on the depth chart? Because Pollard looks more explosive, and we're at the point now where I think if you if you own both, you can legitimately consider starting both in leagues where you um, have two running backs and a flex because it's going to be hard to parse out right now who is going to be more effective on a week-to-week basis. And I'll add that it's not like Elliott's just going to go away. He He's probably going to continue to see his 15 to 20 touches and now the question is is Pollard going to see you know 12 or more consistently are the Cowboys going to look at ways to get him more involved because he has been more explosive it's going to be a like you know a tough situation and if you're an Ezekiel owner and anybody at all is looking to buy low on him I would absolutely entertain the idea of trading him now you have to find you know where the right match would be if someone comes in with another running back offer I've been talking about it a lot, but Najee Harris is still somebody who I believe in. And if the Steelers can get things going now, can the Steelers actually get things going? That's a fair question. But I think I actually like Najee Harris right now more than Ezekiel Elliott for the rest of the season. So if somebody was a frustrated Harris owner and are concerned about Roethlisberger leading that offense. Roethlisberger, the quarterback, was all hug it, chug it, football all night. Yes, uh, we've... uh, drop has come to mean something completely different in 2021 as uh, Roethlisberger's arm strength isn't what it once was and the entire offense seems to be struggling. 
For the Steelers, Deontay Johnson did not practice all week. Doesn't look like he'll play. No definitive word yet, but doesn't look like he's going to be an option today. I will uh, let you know more about him if, as we get as we see fit, but I would not be looking to play him today. For the Buccaneers, we know that Antonio Brown has he's been placed on the COVID-19 list, which means and he did not travel with the team, so he's out for today's game for the Bucs. If anything, I think that unclutters the Bucs receiving core a bit today. Feel confident in starting Evans, Godwin, and Gronk because, you know, and, and maybe Gronk's the biggest question because if you drafted Gronk, likely you picked him up in the later rounds and he's probably your second tight end. So I know some people may have the dilemma, do I start Gronk or Kittle at this point? And, you know, without Antonio Brown, I think uh, Gronk's a pretty solid option today If uh, you even if you have other tight end options. Not too many I think I would start above Gronk right now. He's just such a massive red zone threat. That I think at this point, I might even start him above George Kittle today if you uh, have the option. I do in one league, and I'm uh, going back and forth on it. And right now, I think I'm leaning towards Gronk just because uh, the way the Bucks are humming in that passing offense, it's hard to get away from. And it seems like Tom Brady, after his uh, nine, touchdown, nine passing touchdown start, may have eyes on the all-time single-season passing touchdown record. So that is something to keep an eye on. And if that's the case... I would imagine that uh, Gronk will be a huge beneficiary. We're down at 14. Here comes Donald. Donald in the face of Wentz. He knocks him down as Wentz fires. And it is caught in Rams territory by Pittman. As Wentz took a hit from Donald but connects with Michael Pittman Jr. 42-yard pass play. All right, so the first part of that highlight, uh, courtesy of Fox, is... Clearly, the reason we're talking about it, Carson Wentz with two sprained ankles got better as the week progressed. But the last part of that highlight is probably the most important reason why we care for fantasy football purposes, because Michael Pittman Jr. had a really nice game last week. And if Jacob Easton is under center, certainly don't want to go ahead and risk that. But with Wentz there, I think you can go ahead and confidently start Pittman. Don't feel great about the added risk with Wentz dealing with two ankle injuries and the potential he may need to leave the game if something happens or where he re-injures it. But at least him starting gives me a little bit more confidence in going with Pittman today, something that initially as the week started, I was in all likelihood going to advise against. But with Wentz looking like he'll be starting today, I feel okay. And of course, chances are Jonathan Taylor now, you have to keep him in the lineup because that was somebody who also would have been a would have taken a huge hit had Carson Wentz not been under center for the Colts. So, like I said, check the inactives as ten thirty rolls around, but it looks like that Carson Wentz is going to be uh, under center for the Colts today. At least all initial reports from Schefter and at Rappaport say that. So, with that noon kick, check in at ten thirty. If it's a go, I'd go ahead and feel comfortable using both Pittman and Jonathan Taylor today. When you come at the King, you best not miss. And Lamar Jackson and the Ravens did not last Sunday night against the Chiefs. Little homage to Omar there as well. Liked that the Baltimore Ravens uh, in that home game, if you missed it, that's how they 
opened as their players went onto the field with uh, Michael K. Williams' famous scene from The Wire. And uh, I think most people who listen to the station know that is one of, if not the best, one of the best, at least in my opinion, TV shows ever made. So if you have never seen The Wire, I am highly jealous of you because uh, you have that waiting for you when you want it. And I would highly advise go check out The Wire if you've never watched it. All right. Back to that. uh, Now back to more important things. Fantasy football. Lamar Jackson showed you exactly why you keep him locked into your lineup at all times. He's just too explosive and the running ability for fantasy purposes makes him amongst the best, if not the best fantasy options when things are going well. And we have seen now, time and time again, Greg Roman, the Ravens, I sound like a broken record, but the Ravens offensive coordinator likes fresh running backs, and that is likely what we're going to see with Tyson Williams, with Latavius Murray, um, Devonta Freeman. You know, it's going to be a, a bit of a mess for fantasy backfields. Tyson Williams looks like the guy you want to start, but it doesn't mean that guys like Murray and Freeman won't be a bit of a problem. The big takeaway is Lamar Jackson still a must-start for me each and every week. And Marquise Brown actually starting to look really good and maybe finally figuring out what he needs to do. Maybe Lamar Jackson understands more what he needs to do with Marquise Brown, who looks like he can be an explosive weapon. So there is somebody who um, it looks like the arrow is pointing up on. Mark Andrews, you know what? I was talking about Gronk. If I had the option, Gronk versus Andrews, I think I'm starting Gronk all day long at this point. I've never been a huge Mark Andrews fan. I know he had the huge touchdown total a couple seasons ago, but... He makes me nervous starting on a week-in, week-out basis. More so where you had to draft him in fantasy football. But, um, you know, when I was mentioning, like, if you're in a position where, A, Rob Gronkowski or Mark Andrews at this point, I'm rolling with Gronk and that passing offense that really does feature him before uh, I plug in Mark Andrews at this point. So just uh, my two cents there with that. All right, here we go, folks. That is the first and 10. I am Jeff Meller. I'm here to help. If my help's not appreciated, lots of luck, gentlemen. We turn to you now, 312-332-3776. All of your questions and dilemmas, we'll do that next.